This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, August 31st. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Ag leaders hope for resiliency at New Orleans export terminals. And judge scraps Trump Waters rule. Ag leaders hope for resiliency at New Orleans export terminals. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhoek says he expects resiliency at the export terminals in New Orleans that weathered the hurricane, but he also stressed that damage assessments need to be conducted. Most export facilities were able to resume operations quickly last year, despite an active hurricane season, Steenhoek said. We're certainly hopeful that something like that will occur this year and not be more and more long-lasting. It really just depends upon the damage assessment that is currently underway, he said. Steenhoek noted that the region accounts for 61% of soybean and 58% of corn exports. Judge scraps Trump Waters rule. A federal judge in Arizona singled out the impacts of the Trump administration navigable waters protection rule on the southwest in deciding to vacate the rule yesterday. U.S. District Judge Rosemary Marquez noted that since the rule went into effect last year, more than 1,500 streams in Arizona and New Mexico had been deemed a non-jurisdictional ephemeral resource. She repeatedly cited concerns expressed by EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers over the rule's impacts on the nation's waters. The Biden administration is gathering input on a new rule to replace last year's version, but has not yet withdrawn it. The government asked the court to remand the rule, but allowed it to remain in place. Arizona farm groups intervened to defend the NWPR. The challenge was brought by tribes in Arizona and other states. USDA seeks applications from intermediary lenders for New Heirs property program. Intermediary lenders can now apply for loans to participate in USDA's New Heirs property relending program, the department announced yesterday. USDA is encouraging cooperatives, credit unions, and nonprofit organizations to submit applications through August 29th for the competitive loans. Under the program, the Farm Service Agency will loan up to $5 million at 1% interest to eligible lenders who will reloan funds to heirs to help resolve title issues. By financing the purchase or consolidation of property interest and financing cost associated with a succession plan, FSA said, intermediate lenders should use the HPRP application form FSA 2637 to apply. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Today's Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative a powerful advocate in Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. We believe environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, 
grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Republicans demand answers from USDA ahead of reconciliation process. Top Republicans on the House and Senate Agriculture Committees are asking Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack to explain increased nutrition and aid and spending in the face of unmet needs for producers. Despite trillions in federal spending related to COVID and hundreds of billions more being dedicated to non-COVID-related programs, U.S. farmers, ranchers, foresters, and rural communities remain vulnerable to impacts of the pandemic and volatile inflation. The letter from Senator John Bozeman of Arkansas and Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania said, Bozeman and Thompson say they want answers before Key House Committee soon begin consideration of the Democrat $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. WTO agrees to panel on China's grain quotas. World Trade Organization agreed yesterday to a Chinese request for a panel that will evaluate whether the country has adequately reformed its tariff rate quota for wheat, rice, and corn imports, according to Geneva officials. U.S. continues to insist that China has failed to make the reforms necessary after a WTO ruling in 2019, but the Chinese are firm in their disagreement. The U.S. responded, officials said, by pledging to put on hold its request to the WTO to retaliate against China for failing to reform the TRQ process. The U.S. said it is willing to work with China to reach a resolution, Geneva officials said. Carbon Bank kicks off pilot program with five farms. Carbon Bank is launching a pilot program with five farms which will be compensated for using regenerative agriculture practices to enrich their fields' soils while capturing carbon from the air. Based on agronomic recommendations from Continuum Ag, each farm has committed to implement a combination of practices to increase their soil's carbon content. Those practices may include reduced or no tillage, cover crops, planting cash crops green into living cover crops, more robust crop rotations, precision ag practices, and a transition to natural fertilizer. The farms participating are in North Carolina, Iowa, and Arkansas, and grow a variety of crops including broccoli, corn, cotton, peanuts, potatoes, rice, soybeans, sweet potatoes, tobacco, watermelons, and wheat. Robobank subsidiary Robo AgriFinance is facilitating the pilot program. State Ag Departments weigh in on USDA's $500 million plan to expand meat processing. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture submitted its comments for the USDA's $500 million investment in expanding meat processing capacity, suggesting the department work with state governments to increase technical support for processors. 
The organization, representing the Departments of Agriculture in all 50 states, 27 of which have their own state meat and poultry inspection programs for small or very small establishments, wants the USDA to use the $500 million to put more funding toward offsetting employee costs, investing in workforce training programs, and offering apprenticeship programs for small processing plants. Additionally, NASDAQ's public comments call for USDA to look toward flexible funding structure for Alaska, Hawaii, and the U.S. territories that are located outside of the mainland. The organization noted that the specialty crop and red meat industries in these states did not receive the same level of support and have been severely impacted by the COVID-19 market and transportation disruptions. Florida again claims ag losses because of Mexico. Florida has again released an analysis showing that cheap Mexican fruit and vegetables continue to unfairly take U.S. market share away from U.S. farmers. Our Florida farmers are used to weathering challenges from hurricanes to invasive species, and they're used to competition, Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed said in a statement yesterday. But they need timely and effective relief from the federal government to level the playing field, because right now we know Mexico and others are not fighting fair. Farmers in Florida and other states were stung in February when the International Trade Commission ruled that imported blueberries were not a substantial cause of serious injury to U.S. producers. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, August 31st, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.